another episode of Bossy Books. I'm Heather. Okay. I'm joined. Sorry. <laughs> and thanks, Andrew. <laughs> for the girl who needs no introduction. Minju. Minju. You want to say hi. hello? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we are just two book-loving buddies who believe that our opinions need to be broadcast to the entire world. Entire that's world. That's why we're here. World domination is our... That's the ultimate goal. It is, it is. We'll, we'll, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> yes. We're on our way. Yeah. Um, so Minju is actually back from an amazing month-long trip to Europe. Yes. So forgetting, forgetting all the other stuff you did in Europe because, like, no one cares. Um, <laughs> do you want to share a little bit about your, um, your holiday reading? Oh, Wow. Sorry, I could, um, I should have warned you that I was going to ask you this question, but... That's okay. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> what did I read? Oh, I read um, Purple Hibiscus by... Mm-hmm. I don't know how Chimamanda. to say her name. Okay, thank you. Chimamanda um, Ngozi Adichie. Adichie. Anyways, yeah, I read that. Um, Heather recommended it to me. And also, um, my local library were, like, giving away books. Um, because they were like old and so I got it for free so mm. and on a holiday like I like to take because I don't like Kindle um, I like to take books that I'm willing to like leave wherever I am so I left my purple hibiscus in a hotel in Prague um, so maybe it can like bless someone one day um, but yeah <laughs> that book was really good I really recommend it, it was a good holiday read too good storyline and everything um very interesting actually it's about this girl in africa who lives in like a religiously oppressive household her dad's like super crazy catholic um and just like her coming of age and that kind of great story story. it is it is um and right now i'm reading which i didn't finish on holiday um is ernest hemingway's um what's the name of the book heather a movable feast. Yeah, a movable feast, and it's so good. Like, have you read it? No, I haven't. So I loved Paris. I went to Paris, and I loved it. And um, a movable feast is basically a story of Ernest Hemingway's life in Paris, and he meets like you know he was friends with like Fitzgerald, and you know all these poets and interesting people of that time. It was just like a golden age of Paris. Um, and yeah, it just tells his stories and it's written in like super Hemingway style, like short, brief, only honest, true sentences, you know? Um, Mm. but he's so, um, so much of it reminds me of Paris. Like you feel like you're walking Mm. down the streets of Paris with Hemingway. Um, but also I find his writing really like, um, endearing. I don't know. It makes Mm. me giggle. Um, and there are some like really, um, truthful sentences having would say um that you know i really enjoy so i'm not finished but um i actually bought that in paris as well which was special so yeah is it so it's not a novel it's like a memoir um yeah it's like a they're very short chapters and they're just little Uh episodes yeah oh is it like a diary um yeah collection of short like collection of episodes of right. his life in Paris. Right. Yeah. Okay, um, okay. And it was actually name compiled. Drop? It's like, hung what? out with Fitzgerald today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he names <laughs> them straight out. And he yeah. gives really honest reflections on them. And oh. like, yeah, weaknesses of Fitzgerald and the weird things uh-huh, he uh-huh. did. And yeah, it's very interesting. Ah, interesting. Um, but it was co- all compiled and published posthumous- 
posthumously. So like oh, after I he see. had passed away by his kids. So, um, oh, I see. Okay. But yeah, Hemingway was working towards publishing it. So yeah, it's really oh, interesting. But I had to be, it all had to be interrupted. Hemingway had to be interrupted by the book we're doing for this podcast. <laughs> um, yes, but priorities. This is, this I'm glad you have re- your priorities straight. <laughs> this is a really good holiday read too. And I think I would have enjoyed reading it in Europe. But you didn't. You didn't actually read it on holiday. You read no, it when didn't. you came back, right? I did, I yeah. did, yeah. But, I mean... But all of you guys, everyone else can read it on holiday because it's still the summer. Well, yeah. I mean, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's the summer. Yeah, and so, here in Sydney. Um, yeah, so we deliberately chose it to be a summer, kind of a summer holiday read. But that's mm. not too freely because Minji could not even stand the sight of a, a book that was too freely. They make her want to vomit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she told me to choose a summer holiday read and the kind of books that I chose and sent to her, one was about like this girl who had been like sexually assaulted and her story or something. And Heather's like, are you serious? But I was like, that's Minju's idea of light reading. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I don't think sexual assault is light, but you know. I I know, I know, I know. The topic is worthwhile, you know, I want to do what's worthwhile. Okay, okay. We're okay. not wasting a moment. We're not wasting a moment. Yeah. On hey, fluff. But did you, we don't waste did you, time on fluff. No, we're not fluffy <laughs> over here. Um, yeah. Did you choose this book or did I? Well, you shortlist. This was in your shortlist. Oh, okay, okay. And it, it was the most holiday one because all the other ones were about, like, sexual assault and stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah. This was the most... This all was right. the most holiday is she one. Okay. So that's so I, I picked it from your shortlist. I'm really glad we're a great partnership. Here we are. We, I think we work well together. Yeah. Yeah, we complement each other. <laughs> we do, we do. Um, so, you want to tell us about the book? Yeah. Um, so the book is titled yeah. um, The Last Days of Cafe Lila, um, a novel, and it's written by Donia Bijan. I hope I'm saying her name right. Sorry. I think we're going to mispronounce a lot of names I know. in this podcast. It's yeah. going to be bad. Because um, this book is set um, against the backdrop of like Iran and mm. generate a gener- like generations of fam a fam of a family in Iran. Um, yeah, mm. so there are a lot of things I didn't know, a lot of words I never heard, um, snippets of like the language that I have I you know have no um, experience with. And so yeah, we probably mm. are going to uh, mispronounce a lot of things, but um, yeah, please forgive us as we yeah. butcher this. Um, yeah, but basically the story. Yes, it is. And the story revolves around um, Cafe Lila, which is a cafe that is, well, it's like a restaurant slash cafe that is in Iran, in Tehran, in Iran. Um, And it is first set up by Yannick and Nina, who are Russian immigrants to Iran. Um, And then it's run in the end by three generations but um, we kind of hear about Cafe Lala and um, all the events surrounding it and the family the heartaches you know um, the victories the celebrations the joyous times as well Um, but also kind of centered around Noah who is Mm -hmm. I guess the protagonist in this book she grew up Mm -hmm. in Cafe Lala her dad now runs it um but she was sent away to america with her brother at a young age um to have you know a better opportunity um and we enter the book uh, when Noor, she's a nurse she's married a doctor and she has a young daughter or like teen early teens daughter yeah. um but she finds out that her doctor husband has been cheating on her so they separate mm. um and that yeah. leads Noor to kind of 
think about her roots and what she's doing with her life, where she's going, um, which leads her to come back to Tehran to see her dad and to see Cafe Lila where she, um, where she grew up um, and kind of, I guess, figure things out. Um, so Noor and Lily, her daughter, she forces Lily um, to come back with her. It's her first time there. Um, yeah, and it kind of unfolds from there. Um, so the book tells not only Noor's story, though, but it tells the generations of stories. It kind of flashes back, um, and you get to explore, like, Yannick and Nina, the grandparents, I guess, their, yeah. how they set up Cafe Lila, how it developed. It does turn, um, it goes, it turns into a hotel at its peak, as well mm. and then Zod and Pari who Zod is their son um, and Pari is Zod's wife and how they carry it on and then when Noor is born and her brother and how they go to America so you get to hear like all their stories um, and mm. what they've been through and their perspectives and stuff um, yeah. all centered I guess around this cafe um, and the people yeah. who work there and the people who dine there um, yeah it was well, Ivy <laughs> well, so, I always give it away in like the first 10 minutes. Okay. But yeah, I really love this book. It was really good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yes. Um, it's like full of emotion. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like the characters were really well developed. Um, mm. I also re- I also found out halfway through the book that the author is like a chef. Um, yeah, she is. Yeah. And so her food writing is just like rich and... Yeah. I- don't know Persian food. I'm actually um, planning to Google like Iranian food Sydney or like Persian food Sydney because I'd love to like taste some of this stuff. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, just the food is really like folded into all the stories. The kitchen is really like the heartbeat of the family. Um, it the is. kitchen and the restaurant. Yeah. And um, yeah, she's so vivid in her writing. Um, not just the food, but of the characters, their emotions. Um, mm. quite a lot of tragedy happens in this book um, but there's also so much um, loyalty and love and camaraderie I don't know like yeah don't you think it reminded you a little bit of um, a Gentleman in Moscow yeah there was kind of those yeah that's true it's kind of similar in the sense but that... But more characters. Yeah, that it goes definitely goes more deeply into characters. Yeah. But it is it is actually really similar in the sense that, like, yeah, like, there's um, a place that is kind of the heart of the story. Like, that one was the hotel, yeah. and then this one is the cafe. And then, like, there's this cast of characters, and then it goes throughout, like, a long period of time, and then there's this, like, tumultuous political backdrop that's yeah, happening. Yeah, that's true. As well, like, Russian Revolution, Iranian Revolution. So, yeah, yeah about yeah. halfway through the book, I was like, oh, like the like the feel of this book is very similar and You're really smart so, oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that's why it, it i did kind of expect you to really love the book because you really loved the the gentleman oh, in moscow okay. book so as you well, didn't right? like this book yeah. oh no i liked it i did like you it just but i didn't it. love it yeah oh. i just liked it it wasn't a What's love wrong with thing you? because i don't okay, know okay because <laughs> um I actually kind of was like really ready to fall in love with this book because mm. when the reason why I chose it from like your shortlist was that I saw that the author was a chef. And so I, I it did seem like, and you know, the book in the title, there's a cafe. And so mm. it seemed like this book was going to kind of, you know, revolve around food a bit as well. Yeah. And like be told through food, which it is. Yeah. I think that was definitely the best part of the book. Like that was my favorite part of the book. She 
kind of describes everything in terms of food and yeah. both of us we love food it's so. like sumptuous description like i've never wanted a roasted beetroot before yeah there were like all these descriptions about like beetroot that have been roasted under hot coals and it would just like fall off and be juicy and you just want to bite into yeah. it i'm like what i was like okay i want this like i know it sounds amazing i don't know how all these flavors in real that, life yeah yeah, very different Anyways. flavors, like things like sour plums and like lots of fruit, like stewed fruits and stuff in, Pomegranate. in, their, you know, in their stews. Yeah, like it's, it's just very rich. Yeah. Um, but that was my favorite part of the book. And, you know, it kind of starts off with that because kind of the opening scene is Noor preparing a picnic for her, um, her husband. On and then, as you said, on their anniversary, and then, as you said, it kind of like dives straight into the action, and yeah. like you find out within the first few pages that he's actually cheating on her, what an and ass. they have a very—he's the worst. He's, he's the, the worst, worst character. I hated him so much, and like, I can't believe he oh. re-entered the story. I couldn't believe. I know. It. I know. I hated and that part this, of this book. He just happened to be—he's Spanish, right? And so, and he like inserts these little Spanish words when he talks, and it's—I think it's meant to be charming, but I'm like vomit. <laughs> I know it's disgusting. I imagine this oily yeah. dude, like oh yeah, totally uh, like a womanizer. Yeah, oh, he is. No. He's a doctor womanizer who womanizes totally, all these he's nurses. The cl- classic doctor womanizer character, worst and character in the whole book. She's so. Hands I can't down. believe how easily she forgives him. See, that's the thing. So, like, I had, I think my biggest. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> Massive, but I, that's, and that happens right at the end as well. It's okay. Yeah, like, I know. Our readers are used to it. They're used to yeah. it. No one reads yeah, yeah, these yeah. books. They just want to hear us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, I think my biggest issue with this book, and I think maybe this is what kept me from loving it, is that I found the character of Nor to be very like thinly drawn. I couldn't yeah. quite get who she was, like. <clears throat> I couldn't really get like, yeah, like mm. just the her her the essence of her character. You know, mm. is she a doormat or is mm. she like, has is she suppressing everything? Mm. Um, is she traumatized? I don't know. Like it just, yeah. I can't. I couldn't really figure her out. And she was very wispy. She is. She's because she's a very passive character too, and she gets told off for her and dad for um, allowing her daughter to like walk all over her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and. Like even from the very beginning, when she finds out that um, the her husband is having an affair, they deal with that mm. like so neatly in the book. Like it mm. just kind of like gets wrapped up. Like it says like the separation was very quick, and there's no emotion, there's no drama, there's no fight. Um, it just happens. Yeah, we don't hear the confrontation. No, yeah. there's nothing. You don't really get a sense of how she actually feels, like her sense of betrayal or heartbreak or whatever. She mm. just runs away to Iran. Mm. So yeah, I think that was my biggest thing but yeah when I first started I thought oh I think I could really love this book because it was so comf like there was something really comforting about the writing you know it was yeah. very warm I loved her writing yeah like it was very comforting and you know when I'm like it's like raining outside and I'm curled up on the couch Aww. it was really nice yeah but then it didn't um like it had its moments but it didn't like win me completely yeah yeah mm-hmm. but it won you not come. I mean, there are obviously bits that I like least. Um, yeah. But I was really won over by yeah the food, um, mm. and like all the political turbulence, um, and how it intruded on the family. So like yeah. the story of Zod, who's the dad yeah. of Noir and Pari, um, mm. that totally won me over, and I cried so much. Um, are you did serious? You cry? Yeah. Okay. How many times did you cry in this book? 
twice. Wow. It was so sad. So, okay, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But basically, like, Zod and Pari, they're, like, crazy in love. Actually, their story is, like, really beautiful. They their love story. story. Yeah, yeah, and, like, I'm not a romantic, but... Like, you just, yeah, it's so beautiful. So, basically, like, Zod's brother, older brother, dies. And he was engaged to Pari. Um, and then Zod was overseas in Paris studying. Yay, Paris. Anyways. And then um, he comes back at the news of his brother's death. He loved his brother as well. Um, but he ends up, like, you know, the family obligation to marry Pari. But he falls, like, crazy in love with her just you know, on his own. It wasn't just obligation. Mm. Um, so they have a quick marriage and, you know, there's beautiful, um, there's a lot of beautiful writing surrounding their romance and their honeymoon and um, how he came to love her and see her. And he, Zod's descriptions of Pari is just like so beautiful and sincere and pure. I don't know. It's like yeah. really nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And they have like a perfect marriage. Pari loves Zod as well. And, you know, they just like work so well together. Um, but this tragic thing happens where Pari, she's an opera singer and um, on her way home from London, I think she lands in Tehran a day early and she plans to catch the taxi alone and um, surprise Zod and the family. Um, but in the taxi ride at night, um, though I found this bit a little weird, but um, so she has like a really bad cold and she's got a, like a throbbing headache. She feels really sick. She's in the taxi, but the taxi driver is playing this like Islamic sermon really, really loud. Um, and then she's like shaking from the cold and she's very unwell, but he thinks that she's like having some like religious experience. So he turns up the sermon, um, but then she screams like, shut up, shut him up kind of thing. Cause she's like so pent up and done with like the sermon and how it's screaming you know that kind of thing and because she does that the taxi driver gets really enraged um obviously this is the time of like the islamic state being in rule um and so he mm. stops the taxi he pulls her out he bashes her and kicks her um a crowd forms around her but basically she gets arrested they think she's a spy and they um torture her for days she goes to jail no one contacts the family and so you hear about Zod as well and wondering where she is he's visiting visiting every hospital every police station she's missing you know um yeah and then it kind of ends really tragically where she's hanged um in the end after months of torture and not being able to reunite Mm. with her family and um that's Mm. how he loses the love of his life and um yeah yeah I think through that I cried it was super sad but the second second time I cried was when he was sending his kids away Oh, okay. It's so sad. To America. Yeah. Like explaining to Noor and Merad, Merdad? Her brother. Merdad, yeah. Merdad. Why they had to go and just the scene of them going, um, them saying bye. Because, you know, Zod, he's like the most tender, beautiful, loving dad. Um, Yeah. And all he has in his heart is love and sacrifice mm. and protection for his children. And it mm-hmm. tore him apart to send them away. Um, yeah. But he did it anyway. And I don't know, just um, I found it heartbreaking. I was like, I was like wailing. Whoa. Really? Because I was at home reading and by myself. And I was like. <laughs> like you like made this. noises while you cried. Yes. Wow. It was Didn't so you? sad. Wow. 
Maybe I am a heartless monster. <laughs> because I feel like that accusation has been made against me many times during this podcast. Which is funny and- because I'm the unromantic, cold-hearted one who doesn't care about like exactly. love and marriages. <laughs> I'm the one who like cries when I watch, you know, certain like cheesy commercials. So I don't, I don't understand. Like I could tell that there were parts of this book that were meant to be quite devastating and moving Mm. right Mm. like not only those two sections that you talked about but later on as well Mm. but I didn't I didn't feel moved and I think that's what kind of kept me detached from the book too because Mm. I felt like she was falling short in like grabbing my heart Mm. um but you know I I think Mm. the Pari thing the thing that happens to Pari is the most affecting because it's extremely shocking and it's such a it's such a horrible um cruel end to their love story yeah i i also found it a little bit jarring because it comes out of nowhere and Mm. i guess that's the point like i guess that's the nature of this kind of cruelty right when you're when you're living in this kind of regime but they have this really like beautiful fairy tale romance Mm. and then all of a sudden she's imprisoned tortured raped and executed yeah like almost without any warning, like you yeah. do get hints of like the rumblings that's happening um, outside the walls in the of yeah, yeah. But like suddenly, it just like you know, it like smacks you in the face. Yeah, um, and like maybe that's the point, and you know, that's that was the reality of the situation. Like you know, people would be trying to live just their normal lives. Yeah, and then you know, a small mistake could result in something as you know horrific as this. Um, but, but for I've, me, it was yeah. just, it was more shocking. It was more shocking than like sad. I was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Is this how she dies? I know. It's crazy. Cause I mean, yeah. I felt like um, a little bit unbelievable for me was that in that kind of regime, you live there, you know what it's like. Why would Pari yeah. scream like that? Like I yeah. felt like it was weird that at night, going home alone in a taxi that already set yeah. alarm bells to me, not telling her family yeah. she was there. Because she said oh, usually yeah. Zod comes out to greet her, you know, but yeah. she wanted to surprise them. Then, like, if yeah. even if you're so unwell, why would you scream shut mm. up? I just, I'm like, you're not a foreigner. I found it un- a little unbelievable that Pyrie would do that. And then um, she also calls them bastards later, which is what mm, gets her does, hand, yeah. you know. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I understand that you are full of anger and Mm. frustration. You might be like me, like you talk before you speak and stuff, but Mm. you more like you live here, you grew up here. You should know Mm. how these things work. Why would you scream that? I I mean, I guess I kind of understood. And maybe that's like this, the story that she's trying to tell because Zod and Parry's relationship happens, um, like over the revolution, mm, you know, like it's not true. like they're born into this revolution. Yeah. Like they 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 were born into this culture that was like dancing and singing and music and and mm. like um and freedom and joy. Yeah. And then suddenly it suddenly becomes oppressive. Mm. And Pari, I think, you know, she's not a foreigner, but she like she travels a lot. She's in the arts. She's an opera singer, and so I think you know more than Zod, she finds it much harder to adapt to this yeah. new environment, and she kind of refuses to accept it. And yeah, you're right; it's stupid of her to act it the way she does. Yeah. But in a sense, it um, you can understand like her rage and her frustration at you know the state of things. Yeah. I think that's an 
another thing that I didn't think the book did super well. I felt like it kind of dealt with like two extremes of Iran, like the、mm. the context,、mm. and not and it wasn't very nuanced. So like you know, no,、yeah. half the book is like. Beautiful Iran,、mm. like you know the the family bonds and the food and the culture and like、yeah. the friendships you have with your neighbors. Yeah, and then you see like ugly, ugly yeah. Iran. Yeah, you know, like and Pari is the first thing, and then later on a bunch of stuff happens、yeah. where you're just like, oh my gosh, I would never even want to visit this country. Yeah. Like, Did you did you kind of get that sense? Yeah, so scary. It does seem like a really scary place to、yeah. go.、Um, And so it was almost like it had this kind of like the perspective of a local who grew up there, and then then like this perspective of a foreigner who、yeah. sees this as sees this place as like this oppressive, scary place. And it, it yeah, it seemed like two extremes. So I didn't feel like I came out of this book having a really a deeper understanding of Iran as a culture and a country. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. Like the local bits also were just very like romantic notions of the country. Like I felt、yeah. like,、um, and that all comes very much in like Cafe Lila and the house there, and like yeah,、mm. the gates within the you know gates of Cafe Lila is like beautiful Iran.、Um, it、yeah. almost like I would believe it if they weren't in Iran. Do you know what I mean? Like it felt yeah, like yeah. they were almost like a like Vatican City, like a country among、exactly. themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like it was、mm. like it was more reminiscent of say like a little country restaurant in southern Italy or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. You know, yeah, that, it had that kind of vibe. Yeah, though the 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 writer is Iranian, right? She is, yeah. But she likely, yeah. I don't know how long she lived there or anything. Yeah, neither. I tried to kind of look her up and to see if any of her this was kind of autobiographical. This book, yeah, yeah. It's her. It's her first novel, by the way, as well. I think, which is、um, oh, kind、okay. of relevant. But she, but it doesn't seem like it. In her epilogue, she says that the only biographical part of this book is that the Iranian doctor, yeah, who's a minor character, is based on her dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it,、uh, and you know, her obviously her command of the English language is like native because she wrote this beautiful book. Yeah. So yeah. I don't, I don't, I would be surprised if she had moved to America like. At the、mm. same age that Noor did, which was like seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, I would think that she、um, was like, much earlier, I, if not born yeah, in much, America. Much younger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think so because so,、yeah. I think this book was similar to Gentleman in Moscow, where you were like, "Oh, why is an American writing about Russia?" But it kind of felt. Oh yeah. This book kind of felt like that too, because the, the two extremes、mm. were so extreme, and there was nothing in the middle that made me feel like it could be a foreigner. Who is、mm. like has affinity with Iranian culture, but yeah, didn't grow up in Iran themselves. I think if an、yeah. Iranian person read this, they might feel like it had been overly like stereotyped or simplified. It wasn't.、Yeah. It's not a thorough look into, you know. I think if we read an Iranian book, it would、yeah. read very differently. Not saying the stuff、That's、in there、true. is false, but it was、yeah. like. It wasn't quite a romantic book, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you could say that about a lot of immigrant writers、mm, yeah, who write、yeah. about their home culture because they do sh- show a very kind of a deep, a much deeper understanding of their culture and country than a foreign country, a foreigner, obviously. But then、yeah. there is still, you know, that kind of that disconnect between, yeah, because、um, they've grown up in a different culture and、yeah. they. 
in a way they still look on their the culture of their birth in foreign eyes like have you read you have you read like the kite runner like those yeah those yeah, yeah 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 and it's somewhat similar like mm. he paints a kind of extreme portrait of life in those countries as, yeah. as well like he mixes like family and tenderness but also like you know really goes harsh, into the really yeah. harsh ugly bits as well yeah. and yeah i'm not sure like how a um, a born and bred person growing up in that country would feel about that kind of depiction. I've read a couple books written by Kyopos, like Korean Americans, mm. and they they annoy me. <laughs> Even though I'm not, I'm a, I'm an immigrant as well. Like I'm also like not a pure Korean Korean. But there's that book that's famous recently, isn't it? Like Pachinko. Oh yeah. So I've read I read that author's first book called yeah. Free Food for Millionaires, and it's yeah. about her. It's not actually about Korea. It's about her experience as an immigrant in a Korean immigrant in America. Yeah. But even then, like, I found her like references to like kimchi and stuff to be really like throwaways and a little bit annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like little. It's like little culture sprays, you know, like it's like like culture dropping. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Culture it's like name, name dropping. Cultural name yeah, dropping. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. It is. Yeah. But no, I don't think this one is as bad. No, 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 no. Especially yeah. the way, especially the way she describes the food and family. Yeah. Like you know that she has a deep sense of what yeah. like fa- Iranian family culture is like, and what mm. definitely what Iranian food culture is like. Yeah. No surprises because she's a, a chef. Yeah. And um, you can just tell, and yeah. the way that she describes food, food, and the way that she uses food to describe people mm. and situations. Um, is really great. I highlighted a few actually. Yeah, about like, food. She doesn't only just yeah, like she doesn't only describe food, but she uses food to describe situations of people. So, for example, like when she's talking about her uncle Murad, she says Murad tumbled into their lives like a big juicy watermelon one August afternoon. Mm, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. There's there's a scene with um, and that's that's about when he was born, and then uh. This is about between Zod and Parry, and it says, She blushed like an apricot. Zod thought he could just eat her. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, yeah, it's very sensual. I, I think I, those were like my favorite parts. Um, there's this um, bit also um, when she finds out that Nelson um, cheated on her. And so she goes back mm. to the home and then she's, it says, Standing in the kitchen, the bright light of a May afternoon, streaming through the skylight of her old stove, breathing in the scent of a thousand meals she has prepared here for her family. The atmosphere was so rich with memories that she pulled open her drawer and reached for her knife to carve out her heart and leave it on the kitchen counter for Nelson, the heart doctor. So like she just like interweaves like kitchen, food, life, love. <laughs> you know, heartache yeah, all together. Yeah. yeah. And it, it really works actually, because I think there's food and love have a very close relationship, you know, as do food and family. Yeah. And I think um, they work so well together, mm. you know, and I think she says something like how in Iran, I highlighted this as well. Oh yeah. In Persian, the word del refers to both the heart and the belly. Oh yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I thought that, that captured it really perfectly, yeah. you know, like, love food you know eating together like it just it comes together so beautifully and that i i I really liked those parts of the books and i wish you kind of just ran with that okay so this is the book that i wanted this book to be right okay so when i when i read when i read um the very beginning where like nelson has cheated on her and she decides (laughs) to go to iran i thought it was gonna be 
like a eat, pray, love kind of situation. Yeah, where yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Um, like she's obviously she's a nurse by trade, but she obviously has a passion for cooking. So I thought she was gonna like, you know, um, pursue that passion and like slowly take over the cafe and like yeah, from um, her ailing father. Like, Exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, get him to teach her like the ins and outs of Persian cuisine and in the process meet this amazing Persian man. Yeah, me too. I thought it was going to be like that. And fall in love with him. Yeah. Um, It really does not go that way though. No, no, no. It doesn't. Yeah. I think like if you're going to start your story with a character and her love of food and and, like, you know, center the story Mm. around her life, Mm. give us a bit more of her. Yeah. You know, allow her to kind of have new adventures and loves and grow yeah. i feel like no was very frustrating um, she was i found her really frustrating especially yeah in the second half mm. so i guess the book you can kind of divide into two halves like the first half deals with like the history of the family mm. like it's mostly told in flashback mm. and then the second half is like set in the present day mm. and how Noor's dealing and, with know, lily and the breaker yeah and zod's um yeah. he's like about to pass away, like, within weeks. Yeah, he has pancreatic yeah. cancer. Yeah, we find this out very early. And Lily's adventures. And Lily's with adventures. Karim. Yeah, actually, that was my... I think, I guess, my two favourite elements or, like, love stories in this book were probably Pari and Zod. Mm. And then also Karim and Lily. Or just Karim loving Karim. Lily. <laughs> that's true, that's yeah. true. Lily has no idea. Lily she doesn't care. She doesn't care. <laughs> like, but Karim, who's a boy... I didn't quite fully understand Kareem's story, but it's it was like he was an orphan that was adopted by the family. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So he's like 13 years old, you know, on the brink of puberty. Yeah. He sees Lily, this gorgeous, like, half Spanish, half Iranian girl, and falls in love immediately yeah. and then just becomes obsessed they with They can't her even in communicate. In the most adorable way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's so... <sighs> that was really beautiful. Yeah. But there's this, like, really reckless thing that Lily does. So she's really angry at her mom for bringing her here and, like, holding her hostage. And so she hatches an escape plan and she's like, Kareem will help me. Um, And so, but part of the escape plan, she wants to, like, have this defiant act about um, the restrictions of freedoms in Iran. That she, like, she's Mm. like, why do I have to wear this headscarf? Why do girls get treated this way? Why are you treating Kareem like a child slave? You know, all this kind of thing. And so she decides that she's going to cut off her hair and pretend to be a boy and go to the swimming pool with Karim before he takes her to the airport so she can run away, which is like the most reckless thing I've ever heard. I'm like, you're, I'm like, but I mean, I understand like you're an American girl, you're 15, you're petulant, you're not listening to anyone, but like you can literally yeah. die. Like, they will kill you, you know? And, like, she meets this girl who had acid thrown on her face because um, she refused to marry this guy. And she's putting her and Karim's life in danger just so she can have her little, like... It's very America. Don't you think it's very America? (laughs) Yeah, like, white girl comes in and saves the day. So so much of this stuff, I was like, so America. Anyways. um, (laughs) Yeah, and they actually do it. and But they nearly get caught, like, twice. Two, yeah, I think there are yeah. two moments there where it's like so full of tension. And then in the end, she yeah. ends up vomiting in the toilet because she was so scared. I'm just like, I have no pity for you, idiot. I was just like, <laughs> I can't believe. But Corinne's so stupid yeah. too. Well, he's blinded by love. <sighs> I don't know what he's that also... means. <laughs> <laughs> You've never felt blinded by love? Like you, could, you would be willing to do anything for someone, even die for them? No, not to go to the pool. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. so foolish. That was really dumb. I mean, but he's and 13, it, fine. 
Yeah, he is 13, he's younger. She should know better. It's very, like, typical, arrogant American thing to do. I like know. that. What they did is so stupid. I really wanted to them to suffer for it, like, get punished real bad. Oh, my gosh. Either by getting arrested or, you know, by, like, their, like, you know, elders giving them a smackdown. But that doesn't even happen because the whole story with... <laughs> The girl who gets um, the acid thrown over, like, takes over. Yeah, and and um, what is it? Lily's compassion for her and her sisterhood for her, like, trumps her idiocy. I don't understand. Like, yeah, no, she should have been sent home. It's and it, it seemed so uncharacteristic of the book. Like, the book shifts tone, like, really suddenly as soon as Lily starts uh, planning her escape. Yeah, you know, yeah. because the whole first half is this very like soft romantic fairy tale like retelling of um the family's history and all the marriages and relationships mm. and stuff mm. and then all of a sudden it becomes this like action adventure yeah, I know. in modern day iran yeah. where like it's like a getaway and then it's like a and then it's a rescue and, yeah and it's just like i think it, it, it felt a little bit unbalanced yeah it is and um there are bits like when it does shift tone that it's obvious what's gonna happen as soon as she shifts her, mm. like I knew that Nelson was cheating on her, like, cause I'm um, not Parry, but Noor was going on and on about the food she was preparing and um, mm-hmm. putting in so much effort, and then um, I knew that she would get stood up at least. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it was just a setup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like yeah, the yeah, turns yeah. are unexpected in that you didn't know that turn was gonna happen, but once the turn starts happening, yeah. you're like, oh no, we're turning, and I don't, I know where we're going. There's a little bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, little yeah. like. Not so not yeah, the subtleties may be a little missing on the yeah. turns. <laughs> There's nothing that really surprises you no, in not this fully. Book, except maybe what happens to Parry, which kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's as very well. extreme, yeah. Yeah. Um but Noor is extremely annoying in she that situation is. as well. Yeah. Like first of all, she don't think she's a great mum. Like she got arrested too. To judge, yeah. Hate to judge a mum, but <laughs> she oh. um, um, but she has this really weird relationship with Lily. Lily seems Lily hates her for like no real apparent reason. Lily's a brat too, it's though. Not, she's a complete. How can brat. you she's hate your annoying. mom after your dad cheated on her? Exactly, and he can't. She kind of blames her a little bit. Yeah, I know. Where's and the solidarity? I know. Anyways. That's like what, what's the point of having a daughter if you can't <laughs> team up against your cheating husband? Oh, like that's what I was thinking. Yeah, we should be throwing acid onto concerned. his face. Oh. oh. Whoa, whoa. But yeah, we should. We should yeah, just... cheating is not a... It's like, anyways. Yeah, and so they have this very odd relationship where, like, Noor adores Lily, like, worships her, but Lily mm. is like, shut up, get out. Mm. Mm. Um, and yeah. um, But Noor is so stupid. Like, you know how she, um, she brings Lily to Iran, like, forces her to come? Yeah. And then has this this, like, crazy idea to enroll <laughs> Lily into high school there. I know. And I'm just like, are you dumb? Like, it's just no American teenager is ever going to be okay with going to high school in Iran. Like, that's stupid. Not not only stupid, but kind of dangerous, given the city, yeah. you know, how how unsafe it is for girls in 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 the public in yeah. Iran. So, like, that decision just blew my mind. I was like, what are you thinking? But what not only crazy? the decision, but like how she decides she's gonna break it to Lily. She's like, "Oh, if we have a day fun day of fun at the pool, oh, and she yeah. gets to meet some girls, then she will want to." So she takes her to the pool, and then straight after, on the way home, she breaks it to her. I'm like, "Oh, like as yeah. one day at the pool, Lily's gonna be like, I love this country. Like, exactly. use some tact. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
it's utter foolishness. Uh, yeah, she she's very yeah. simple minded. Um, in some ways, though, I felt like Noor herself, like when she returned to Cafe Lila, I'm not sure, like seemed to be coming of age or something. Like, do you know what I mean? It yes, I do, and it does say towards the end that she felt like she hadn't really matured from the 17 year old girl that left. That left. Yeah. Um, yeah. And once she said that, I was like, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, you're a dumb Like, <laughs> it, it seemed like she had been stunted mm. in some sense yeah. and she hadn't really grown. No. And I really wish that journey of growth actually happened throughout the book, yeah, but, it, but doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. It kind of starts yeah. at the very end. At the very end, she makes this decision that you're like, oh my gosh, okay, yeah, you're like finally making decisions for you're yourself. You're getting it. But even that decision is very strange. Um, yeah, it happens but, like in the second last page or something. Exactly. Yeah, and, and then you don't hear about it like, anymore. You're like, I wish this had happened in the first chapter yeah. where she decide, like, makes a decision about, you know, how she wants to live her life yeah. and then, you know, starts taking action about mm. it. Like, because the, at the very end, yes, we'll just spoil it. Um, <laughs> she She's like at the airport on the way back to America. Zod's passed away. And she decides, yeah, Zod's passed away and she's like, I'm staying. And she tells and, Nelson and Lily to go back to America and yeah. she's going to stay. Yeah, so she's sending, she's abandoning her 15 year old daughter mm. <laughs> into the arms of her Cheating womanizing ex husband. Mm. Who she's back with. She's, yeah, well, who she kind of like, like, yeah, like reconciled with, which was also very annoying. And yeah. I was very angry at her for doing that. Yeah. Um, because he just like seduced her. He like, just feels the her up. guy that he is. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. There's no one else for oh, me. Oh, Nelson. You're disgusting. Oh, he's so <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. And then she Ugh. decides to stay and, like, take over the cafe and take take after the people who her father has left there. Because mm. she ends up adopting the girl, Ferry, who um, had the acid thrown up on her. Yeah. And I guess it's that's meant to be, like, a heroic thing that she's doing. Mm. <laughs> but I'm just like... Um, your daughter's just going to be as messed up as you are because you're, like, abandoning her and sending her to America without a mum. You know, you don't need to stay. Like, throughout the whole book, people keep telling her. She's like, can I come for the summer? Yeah, and that's meant to make it okay. Like, Lily is surprisingly totally cool with the fact that her mum is abandoning her. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, I'll visit in the summer. And, uh... It was a str- it was an odd ending. It was. Like it was a very clean it was a clean ending. It tied up all the loose ends, kind of. Yeah. But then, it was a strange decision for her to make. But like, do you agree? I, but I I prefer that than no ending. You know how I hate no endings. Oh yeah. Yeah, I felt like at least she had the courage to end this thing, instead of like you know leaving loose ends. But in the end, I guess. Your, your book came true, like the way you thought the book should be. <laughs> that she takes over the cafe. At the very end. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now she has to write a sequel that I'm never going to read because... Yeah. What's the other book she's written? Oh, she's written a book. It's a memoir about her mother. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And it's. I think that one, it actually incorporates recipes and stuff oh, as well. Oh, okay, cool. I think I'd actually be more interested in reading that yeah. than any other novels that she writes. I think she should have included some recipes in Cafe Lila. I think that would have been great because she talks about recipes a lot. Yeah. Like her her great her grandmother brings recipes all the way from Russia yeah. and like sews them into the lining <laughs> of their couch because they're so precious. I really and like to that actually, story. Actually, like share those recipes. Yeah, that was a that was a cool. Yeah. Story. So like when um, Yannick and Nina come over to Iran from Russia, um, in their Russia, <laughs> get it? 
in their rush. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, um, they couldn't bring much, but Nina really wanted to bring the recipes of Yannick's mom, so her mother-in-law. So she mm. puts them all. She rips the lining of Yannick's coat and puts mm. all the recipes in there and sews it back up. So Yannick the whole time doesn't know he's carrying all these recipes in his coat. Um, and then when they get to Iran, she like unstitches it and brings out all these recipes. I, and yeah, and that's what she uses to start the cafe. And then in the end, she ends up sewing them into the upholstery of like their couches and seats and stuff, which I thought was interesting. Mm. Um, but mm. yeah, even the way that that was brought to Iran, I thought that was like really cute. Yeah. It's very novel. Yeah. And it just, it just shows how like precious and essential that like food, the food of the heritage, like whether it was like the Russian food or the Iranian mm. food is to their identity. Yeah. You know? um, and, oh yeah, I just wish like the food was the hero of the book. It, it, it kind of like is like in and out, but I think she tries to do too much. You know, she tries to kind of bring in this kind of, you know, um, action packed, modern, yeah. modern day American in Iran, mm. you know, kind of story mm. in the end, like rescuing a girl who has an acid attack and yeah, it gets a bit NGO-y. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> rescuing um, her, getting her a doctor, adopting her, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think I would have liked a simpler story. I thought the book tried to do a bit little ambitious. bit too much at once. Yeah. A little bit too ambitious without like, fully pulling it off I thought um I would have just been happy with a story about Nora and all the things she cooked <laughs> I guess so no that would be good yeah. too but you know I think yeah. I want to recommend it as a summer read because um it's definitely a page turner and a lot does happen mm-hmm. but you kind of want that mm. on the beach Mm-mm-mm. you know yeah. um lots of like characters that you can follow things happening yeah. in their lives um history mm. some turmoil some tears some laughter lots of food i don't know like it yeah. has a good mix um yeah it doesn't stray too crazy it, yeah it does it does have a good mix of mix of like action and heart yeah it does yeah and it is very well written. The cover's like, also really pretty. <laughs> oh, did you read it as a um No, no, copy? no. No, but I always okay, look at it okay. on the Kindle. Oh, uh, you just stare at the cover? <laughs> no, it's really pretty though, like with the lemons and the green and stuff. Oh, I read it on my iPhone it Kindle, beautiful. so it's like, yeah. Ah, I color. see. It's actually yeah. colour, mm. not like grainy black and white. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I thought this would be a really nice book to read, um... In hard copy, it's kind yeah. of a book that you'd w- just want to like curl up with yeah. and like kind of cuddle as yeah, you read I think it, so. and it, it comforts you. You know, I think even its physical pre- presence would comfort you. Yeah, as well. Yeah. and it is. It's it's very different to the kind of books that we've read mm. in the past. It you is. Know? It like, is. The books that we've read have been pretty bleak. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Some of the really light ones, I was like, "This is stupid." Yeah, yeah. but this one was okay. <laughs> I enjoyed yeah, it, it. It does. It does have enough, like, real-life serious stuff to balance out the, the the fluffier bits. And it's well-written, which I think is very important. Like, and we love a, food. A, I think a big problem with those fluffy books is that they're just horribly written as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Um, they're just rambling. It's just annoying mm, to read. Yeah. yeah it's just, <laughs> it, it makes you angry when you read it. But this one, it's, like, it's well-written, especially for someone who's, like, a first-time novelist. Yeah. And, and a know, chef. Especially in the area... Yeah, especially in areas of expertise, mm. i.e. food. Mm. The writing is gorgeous. I don't know if I've ever read, read such good food writing. Yeah. Actually, I thought maybe she was a food writer. 
when I was reading it. Oh, but then I oh, found out she was a chef. You found out she was a yeah. chef. Yeah, so. I guess like the your whatever you have a passion for, mm. it will like it'll be expressed in like whatever you do. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So I think any person who's like passionate and obsessed with food would be pretty good at writing about food as That's well. That's true. Yeah, that was good. So if you're looking for a summer yeah. read and you love food, mm. especially if you love food yeah. like us, then you're gonna love this book. <laughs> or you're gonna at yeah, least like so. it because Heather at least likes it. You'll at least like it. And if you it. have a heart, like, I... <laughs> like a beating one with blood running through mm. it and stuff, and a yeah, soul, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you'll then love you it. Then you'll love it. it. Yeah. yeah, it was good. But yeah, I think I. I did, I did like it, and I, I think I would recommend it to someone who was like, oh, I just want something, um, you know, good to to read on holiday yeah. um, or whatever. That's not going to be, a, like, a pure just waste of my time, yeah. like reading a trash mag yeah. or something, yeah. you know? We should go on – I think we should definitely go on our Persian food adventures. Are there any in Seoul? I think so. Like, there's a big um, – there's a lot of Middle Eastern cuisine, and I'm not sure if I'll find one that's specifically Persian, yeah. but – I think I could. Yeah. I think I could. I will. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I can in Sydney. Yeah. I just want to know what to order. As I was reading, I looked up some of the dishes the, that she mentioned. Mm. And um, yeah, they looked really good. Like one of them was like a frittata, like a very kind of, um, like a very green frittata with like lots of veggies in it. And then one of them was like this, um, like the the golden bottom crust of, of rice. Like, Oh yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. With saffron rice and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yummy. Man, it, I think that's so awesome to come from a, um, a culture that has such a rich food history and where food comes out of love and family and passion. Excuse like, me. I think, you know, Korea cultures... does. I thought about this, right. But I think Korean food comes more out of like a survival. Uh, okay culture rather than like oh we love food and its flavors and we want to explore them and express our hearts through uh, them kind yeah of thing. i guess so because a lot of korean food like it's there's like i guess there is like the royal food but then a lot of food kind of comes out of the fact that we were a really poor people for a long time yeah. and we had to make the best out of like weeds and um <laughs> and like and just and like Pickling flour everything. and no meat yeah and pickling everything because we didn't have any any other way like so, fermenting everything. I mean, yeah, I mean, Korean food culture is good, but I don't, it's different to say like Persian, That's, Italian, so. yeah, yeah. French, you know, mm. there's something about it. Mm. People are so passionate and rich about, and sumptuous. about food. Yeah. 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 All the subtleties of flavors. It me, yeah. It really made me want to travel and you've already done your. What? <laughs> you mean, you talk like it. I'm done for my life. Like. Okay, not your life. Okay. okay, honestly, you you took the kind of trip where if you died tomorrow, no regrets, because that was like a trip of a lifetime. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> so I'm like have post holiday blues so much, but no one has sympathy for me. Everyone's like just like yeah, everyone's sorry. like shut up. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, mate. <laughs> just have a cry over your photos of Osteria Franciscana. <laughs> just weep. You know, I feel like we could do, do a whole do. podcast on that. We can if you write a book about it. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, mm. oh, 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 oh. No, I don't. Oh, I do not have the patience to write a book and the <laughs> discipline. One day, maybe. Anyways, great book. Yeah, that was The Last Days of Cafe Lila, Lila, Lila. Cafe Lila by Donia Bijan. Yes. You will choose mm. the next book. I will. Yes. I actually had kind of a bit of a zany idea. Oh, no. Um, I was thinking. Um, I should have mentioned to you this beforehand, Uh-oh. but 
Um, I was thinking what we maybe we could try reviewing an audiobook. Have you ever listened to an audiobook? I have once. <clears throat> no, I have oh, twice. Oh, okay. Not an enjoyable experience? No, it was really good. So the uh, first one oh, was okay. Pilgrim's Progress, which uh-huh. was really good because the old English uh-huh. is really hard to just read. But if you yeah. listen to it, it makes a lot more sense. Um, right, yeah, right. And it helped me. And then the other one was um, Julia Child's book. It's her autobiography. Oh, I forgot the name. So bad. Um, but... That one, I stopped reading it and listened to audiobook instead because there's so much French uh-huh. in it. And in my head when I was uh-huh. reading it, I was just like d- butchering the French so hard that I was like, <laughs> I should just listen to it. Um, yeah, yeah, and it was really nice to listen. But yeah, maybe we should do audiobook mm. next. That'll be fun. Maybe by like a famous person or something. Yeah, like I think one that's narrated by someone really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like a celebrity or, or Mindy Kaling. And then maybe... <laughs> and maybe one, just like the ones that you've read could actually be better as in like an auditory experience yeah. and a reading experience, you know? So Let's do it. We'll have, I'll have a look. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll be really different. Yeah. And I know a lot of people these days do listen to audiobooks because they don't have the time to read and they just listen to it like in the car as they're driving. Doing the dishes. To work yeah. and stuff like that. Doing the dishes. Yeah. And I've, I've kind of got, I, I like listening to like stuff like podcasts like while I'm doing stuff as well. Sure. So I thought it might be a very different experience that we could explore. Yeah. Let's do it. Not yeah. too zany. Okay. Let's have a look. Okay, good. I'm glad you're on the... I'm glad you're I think you're going to make me write a poem like last time. That was tough. <laughs> okay, can you please write a poem about your um, experience? No. At, with Massimo... Massimo... No. What's his name? No. Bottura. <laughs> Bottura. Massimo Bottura. Um, if you want to see uh, Minju's amazing European adventures, oh her Instagram is at Rachel's Daybook. <laughs> Um, you might die of jealousy by the end. I'm just warning you, but it's, you can also live vicariously through her. On another note, if you have a very keen interest in Korean beauty products, you'd want to, (laughs) you'd want to head to Heather's Instagram, fun with face. Is your personal Instagram locked? No, it's public. Oh, it's Heather Reno. (laughs) At Heather Reno guys. It's a, it's a, it's a good blend of. Korean food, general life in Korea, and my personal antics. So, and she also has a very important announcement on there at the moment. Oh, I do. Yeah, so you might want to check that yes. out. <laughs> yeah, maybe you'll talk about it a little more in the next podcast. Yeah, let's do that. But yeah, yeah. we we'll just tease them this yeah, time. Yeah, it's a we like teasing. Yeah. yeah, we like to tease. Yeah, we never give it away from the beginning. Yeah. Oh no, never, no, never. We Never, would dare. Not us. <laughs> we would not dare. So unprofessional. And um, obviously, we still haven't figured out how to end this thing. Clearly. Which, yeah, for the last five minutes, we've been talking about things that aren't book related. Yeah. Um, since Heather rejected all my fantastic puns. <laughs> Actually, I saw another one the other day. It was like a Konglish pun. Like I saw it on a postcard. Oh, yeah. And it was something like, yeah. have a book to full day. <laughs> Have a book to full day, everybody. Have a book to full month. Bye. 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 See you next time. See you next time. Bye.